You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, welcome back. It is Minor Talk. Along with Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Bratis. We bring you Minor Talk after every UTEP basketball, after every UTEP football game. And Louisiana Tech defeated UTEP today, 41-31. Uh, this is a tough loss for the Miners, who had won two games uh, back-to-back going into this one. And Miners were riding some momentum. They were feeling good about themselves. And now they take a little bit of a step back. And it's the old wounds that come back to haunt UTEP in this game. It's turnovers that really hurt the Miners. It's allowing big plays defensively. And it's the inexperienced secondary that was re- that was really hurt in this game. Uh, this this is going to be a tough one tonight. Uh, a lot of minor fans checked out pretty early. Louisiana Tech went up 30 to 10 at the end of the first half, and then the Miners showed a little bit of life in the second half. Uh, you know, you you got a chance to see a uh, Ray Flores touchdown that was event was called back, and then a touchdown eventually to start things off in the fourth quarter. Twice the Miners in the third quarter, twice the Miners drove it inside the red zone of Louisiana Tech, and two times they they turned it over on downs. Trent Thompson then had a 45-yard touchdown. Louisiana Tech responded right away. It was a 30 to 24 game. The game was in balance. It was it was much there for the Miners to try to grab in a plenty of time out there. But Louisiana Tech had a deflating drive against UTEP, a four play, 87 yard touchdown drive uh, that really took the wind out of the sails for the Miners. They were up at that point. 38 to 24. The Miners end up uh, not responding right away. Uh, they end up blocking a field goal for against Louisiana Tech, but Louisiana Tech recovers. Then they fumble on the next play. Then Gavin Hardison throws an interception on the following play. It's just madness all around. Louisiana Tech ends up escaping with the field goal. They're up 41-24, and then a 52-yard touchdown by Marcus Bellin to kind of wrap things up when uh, this game was very much over. It's a 41-31 final, and with that, I welcome on Sal Montes. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency with seven locations in El Paso from the west side to Fabens. You can contact the Oscar Arieta Agency for all your home, auto, life, or commercial insurance needs. Check them out, OscarArietaAgency.com. Sal Montes is back in our Lubingo studio. Studio. I am definitely uh, I, I'm definitely interested to hear your thoughts on this one, Sal. Um, but before we get to you, I will say this. Uh, we are not in the same room as we usually are. Usually we're in the Lubingo Studios. I am on location. It is one of my close friend Michael's uh, bachelor party weekend. And uh, I'm actually in New Orleans. I'm on location. Definitely sober. Uh, hung, hung back here at our Airbnb while everybody else went out to uh, Bourbon Street. So I'll be joining them after Minor Talk tonight. Uh, I could use a drink after this one, Sal. I'll tell you that. Oh, man, save one for me. I'm on the way right after the show. Uh, my <laughs> wife and I, we're, we're going to head over out there. But, uh, yeah, man, what what an interesting game, right? I mean, we'll, we'll dig deep into it and, and kind of uncover uh, the what-ifs and whatnot. But what immediately jumps out to me is um, them not taking the points when you're on the road. It's, I get it. You want to get touchdowns. But when it's fourth and long and you have a guy who's about to break the all-time field goal record, he's also made 12 field goals in a row, just kind of wanted to throw that out there in case they didn't know but I mean if, if you do those little things right you give yourself a better chance at winning and uh, th- there's just so much to pick apart with this game Adrian I don't even know where to begin 
Yeah, I think we should begin in how UTEP began this game. I mean, first first off, they allow Louisiana Tech to drive all the way down the field, score immediately, and then the, the team gets a little rattled right away, and we've seen this happen from time to time. Uh, there is a interception by Gavin Hardison early on into this one. Louisiana Tech capitalizes right away, a four-play, 47-yard drive right after they had scored on their opening drive. They're up 14 nothing, and both those drives lasted uh, – less than three minutes so that's that's tough for the miners who are trying to you know start off better in games which they haven't been able to do this year and yes UTEP then had a field goal to kind of round out what they're scoring in the first quarter but it wasn't enough they weren't able to capitalize and actually punch it in for touchdowns and what happens on the other end Louisiana Tech scores on a 11 play 75 yard drive uh, that's capped off by a smoke Harris nine yard receiving touchdown uh, Louisiana Tech's up 20 to Three, and the Miners have no life early on. That's where it gets tough, uh, Sal. That's where I, I want to see a little bit more life from UTEP is starting off a little bit better. I mean, not having to dig themselves out of holes. And kind of like what Dana Dimmel said to mm-hmm. Voice of the Miners, John Teicher in the post game. It's about UTEP just not making um, as many mistakes as their opponents because that seems to be the deciding factor on who wins these games in Conference USA. Big time. And we look at the score differential tonight, and that's a perfect example of it, right? The the fumble inside the five-yard line, which was a, you know, which would have been a touchdown. I mean, let's just face it, either a touchdown or, or the dreaded field goal, right? But that, and then you also have the fourth and longs. That is at least 13 points or 10 to 13 points uh, somewhere around yep. there that you're leaving out there. And what was the difference in tonight's game? 10 points. So these are just the small things that they got to get better at. Uh, but but the scary part is, Adrian, I don't want to just say, yeah, if they get better at that, they'll be fine. They've had two and a half years to really work on this. It's the same team. What's exactly. different about these groups? What's different about this group? It's the same problems year after year, and it's red zone offense. It's uh, way too many turnovers offensively. And then I thought we solved the, the whole issue of passing, Sal. I thought we were done with oh over gosh. 50 pass attempts. I thought it was over from seeing anything like that. But today what we ended up seeing is UTEP attempt 51 passes, and, and that stat is skewed, right? Like that, UTEP is playing from a deficit. That stat is definitely skewed. I don't want to harp on that too much. But look at what happened early on. UTEP just got into a panic. They started throwing the ball all over the place trying to score when in reality they're not able to do that. They're not they, they're not built for that. They're built to they're be a, ru- a rushing offense. They had 38 rush attempts for 181 rushing yards. They could have controlled the game way more on the ground, Sal. Yeah, big time. And, and in all honesty, Adrian, I know that the 50-something pass attempts is a result of them getting behind, but still though, even this then you stick to what you do best. You win the game with what you do best. And they got far, far away from that. And the, the sad part is, Adrian, not only is it over 51 pass or over 50 pass attempts, but it's under 50% completion at the same time. Oh. And this is the exact same thing that we've seen before. So we've seen the ceiling and have we seen the floor? I would say yes, but where is that middle ground? I don't even know if they'll hit that all year. It's either going to be one extreme or the other. 
Yeah, no consistency right there, Sal. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009 to get into the show. You can also tweet the show at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Uh, I understand this one's going to probably be a little bit of a shorter show because a lot of people checked out early in this one. Even when the miners were coming back, I think a lot of people were skeptical. Uh, but nonetheless, let's keep things, let's get things started. Let's get it going on the phone lines. 915-505-6009 as we get started here on Miners. Talk presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Let's go out to Kevin, who's joining us first on the phone lines as we continue. Kevin, what's going on? Good evening, man. What'd you think of this game? What's up, Agent? What's up, Sal? Um, yeah, you know, I could say a lot of bad things from the start, but man, UTEP is just gassed, man. Seven straight weeks of football. I could see it in the players' face, man. They look gassed, you know. Um, I mean, I, I really want to come on here and just you know, pick apart that team, but gosh, we needed a break so bad. We need a lot of players to come back from injuries. Just, I think they just need a break, and this is going to be a well-deserved break for them, you know, chance to cool down, rest up, and hopefully find a way to guard those slant routes, man. They, they killed us again, you know, just like in the Charlotte game and just like in this game, man. It was just it was hard to watch, but, you know, um, there were some positive points, though, man, so it's not the end of the world, you know? Kevin, I'll, I'll, first off, I want to know the positive points. I'm cur- I'm fascinated that you're coming at, out of this one a little bit more positive after this loss because, Kevin, I thought we, we wrote off a lot of these things before. I thought that UTEP was beyond the, the amount of turnovers that they had. I thought they were beyond being panicky in situations where they can they can settle down. They don't need seven points there. They could kick field goals and they could settle for, you know, just just scoring points on the board versus trying to force things. I, I Again, I, I know what you're saying. As far as UTEP being a little gassed, they played seven uh, straight weeks, which without a break, which is tough in itself. But I, I'm I'm still curious to hear uh, from you what positives you pulled from this game. You know, I, I really like what I see from you know the defensive line, man. You know, I, I you know just, there was a few plays where they they allowed big openings, you know, allowed Lawsek to kind of run, but man, they're still a force to be reckoned with, man. You know, and I, it's just. Sometimes when I watch them play, they just look like the most like toughest unit unit uh, UTEP has on the field, man. So I mean, right off the bat, that's a positive. And you know, the run game. I mean, they took a while to get clicking, man. But I think those right there are like my most positive. You know, I keep seeing those units improving. However, you know, there's other parts of the field that are other parts of the team that just are regressing. You know, our secondary just looks off. You know, and Gavin has to make better decisions, man. Simple as that. But I really liked what I saw from the running backs and the defensive line, man. It was, it was positive. But yeah, they, there's a lot of things they got to work on, man. All right, all right, Kevin. Well, hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. You take care tonight, and uh, appreciate you weighing in on this one as we continue here on Minor Talk. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. If you'd like to follow up that phone call, 915-505-6009. As far as the positives that Kevin listed, Sal, uh, talking about the defensive line in particular, and, you know, hey, they moved the ball at some points, and, and UTEP amassed 501 yards of offense. If you would have told me they amassed over five. 100 yards and you know still outgaining La Tech and lose by 10 I would have said what went wrong I mean it sounds like a disaster right there it wasn't necessarily a disaster uh, but every time UTEP went into the red zone maybe that was more uh, of the disastrous part 
All right, uh, I'll continue here, Sal, as we continue here, 915-505-6009. Got a couple phone calls to get to. Uh, my bad there, Sal. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to that UTEP offense that actually outgained La Tech, that put up f- over 500 uh, total yards, that stat is useless, right, if UTEP isn't able yeah. to actually put together a win? No, it, it's definitely useless because the number one stat, not to sound cliche, but it's how many points do you have on the board. That's the number one stat. But if we kind of break it down as to why they're not getting those points it's because they get into the red zone and forget getting a a touchdown or a field goal they're not scoring at all they're just not reliable when it comes down to it so the defense so whoever they're going up against think you know what let's let's just bring pressure there's bound to be a mistake happening and they're probably going to pass the ball so that that's number one with me so I don't care how many passing yards they have or how many total yards rather because they only had um I think um only 320, as crazy as that sounds, right, for the number of pass attempts, but they're just not scoring touchdowns when they need to or taking the points when they need to and digging themselves in holes because the an interesting thing that I noticed as well, Adrian, and this is really sad, it's, it's because when I'm looking at it, the fourth down attempts, it's really not them to it's not due to them being gutsy. It's because they're not good enough at getting 10 yards in three tries. And sometimes they're not even good enough at getting 10 yards in four tries. And that right there seems to be the issue with the offense. Man, Sal, you hit it right on the head. It's also it's all about the right opportunity. And let's be honest, when UTEP started scoring in the second half, how invested was La Tech in this game? They were playing soft mm. coverage. They're playing a lot of prevent stuff, and, and uh, you know UTEP capitalized on that soft coverage and, and not a lot of urgency from the Bulldog side until things got a little bit closer. Uh, Want to mention this? I know Kevin mentioned the defensive line. UTEP had uh, five tackles for losses, two sacks in this game, four quarterback hurries. I would say that's about a B minus B average uh, performance from the D line. What would you say, Sal? I, I would say uh, I'd say somewhere like C plus, just yeah. because uh, the the trend that they were going. I know they allowed the amount of points they did last week, but the trend that they were going, they get five sacks, and, and you know that kind of poses things like, hey, this defense is starting to close the deal. They're, they're kind of you know getting it done at that point, but. In reality, all that pressure means nothing if the quarterback's able to get the ball off it and get it to guys who are able to make plays. And granted, the Harris guys, both of them, smoking and uh, Trey Harris, they're they're incredible mm. athletes. You know, credit to them. It's not like UTEP basically gave them the game. They 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 were shaking guys out of their cleats. Let's be honest. But in all seriousness, though, um, it all comes down to to sealing the deal, and and you got to close it with those tackles. And they they just weren't able to do that as much today as they have the last couple weeks. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009. As we continue here on Minor Talk, we're going to get to both Ed and we're going to get to Frank in just a little bit. Uh, I do want to mention this before we continue here on Minor Talk. One of the big things to note is, no, this this game it was not the be-all, end-all. Miners are right now 3-4. and four. There are plenty of games that you can look on this UTEP schedule and try to find a win or two or three in UTEP's quest to try to become bowl eligible. But this is one of those that felt like UTEP could have gotten a win. I mean, La Tech is not the greatest team out there. They're a team that was 1-3 going into this one, a team that had only played four games, had not played a single Conference USA game, uh, and that worked to their advantage. They, they looked a little bit more fresh. They were coming off a bye week, and uh, for, for Louisiana Tech, they capitalized on UTEP's mistakes, and uh, yeah, they didn't come out spirited, uh, so to speak, in the third or fourth quarter, but it was still enough to beat out the Miners 41-31. Now, on the other side, for UTEP, they go into a bye week, and they have to 
they have to look at those next two home games as trying to get those two wins, like you know, making sure that they protect home field. Florida Atlantic, Middle Tennessee, way easier said than done to close out the month of October. Uh, if UTEP goes one and one in that stretch, that means that they have to beat two of the next three opponents in November uh, at Rice versus FIU at UTSA. We can maybe write off the UTSA game because that's going to be a tough feat for UTEP to try to uh, overcome. But the Rice game looks a little tougher, way more tougher now than we previously thought. Rice is actually a better team this year, and uh, they're not the easy pushover team that we used to see. Uh, that game is also a Thursday night game, which is interesting enough. Uh, UTEP going to operate off a short week uh, following a Middle Tennessee game on October 29th, and then an FIU game at home, which, yeah, that's the one that they should win. I'm, pe- I'm marking that one right there in pen, that UTEP should beat FIU right there. But between Florida Atlantic, Middle Tennessee, and Rice, none of those games are given, Sal. No, and we saw it tonight. We saw it week one against uh, against North Texas. I know they're not a conference team anymore, but we saw it against New Mexico. So, yeah, these games look winnable on paper, but in reality, Adrian, the, the, the truth is in those three quote-unquote winnable games, um, they just didn't look impressive at all. So as um, as positive as, as people want to feel, and granted, you know, find all the positivity that you can um, – you got to play the game first, and tonight in what was a, a winnable game, um, they they made way too many mistakes to to beat anybody, and, and they really beat themselves. But on top of that, Louisiana Tech just making play after play, so it was a lot to overcome. Is this going to be the same UTEP team when they take on those uh, quote-unquote uh, winnable games or, or those teams in those winnable games? Yeah, that's a really good point. They still have to come out and they still have to yeah. uh, actually execute and have success against some of these uh, bottom feeder teams. Uh, let's go to the phones right now. If you if you want to weigh in on the show as well, you can. 915-505-6009. We're also available on Twitter at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. But we'll get to our two uh, callers as they've been patiently waiting. First up is Ed. Let's get to Ed on the show. Ed, good evening. What's going on, my man? How are you? Ed, I'm doing great. I'm out in New Orleans right now. How are you? Oh, good. Good. Everything's going good. You know, I think you guys are really being nice. I, I oh, do. I, I, whoa. I think you guys are being okay. a, a really nice, and it, and it kind of upsets me, to be honest with you. Because the honest be nice. truth is, I think this defense is, is playing good enough to keep us in games. In this game, the defense improvised and improved. This offensive line is very physical. We have a lot of new receivers. The problem comes down to the random implosion of the quarterback. He wasn't pressured. He threw three interceptions today. And he also gave up another touchdown in the third quarter because he overthrew a wide-open receiver by 10 yards. So he actually gave up 28 points. And he did it against New Mexico. So here's the thing. Here's the way I feel like. If Gavin wasn't, was playing really consistent, we could be an eight and four, nine and three team. But since he's going to randomly implode, then I still think we'll be okay, but we don't know when it's going to happen again because it's already happened twice. And he's the reason why we lost this game. You do not sit there and give up three uh, turnovers to, uh, you know, when you don't have any pressure, they were bad decisions. I'm calling it random implosion. And I put it strictly on him. There is a lot of guys on this team that are playing really good, but you cannot compensate for a random implosion of the quarterback. 
Wow, Ed. I mean, I have no, I have no words. I think uh, what you what you said right there is hard to argue against. I I don't agree with it at all, but I, I think it's a you make a great argument right there, and it's hard to go against what you said right there because you're right. I mean, with Gavin Hardison right there, uh, it's when, when we're talking about one thing, and it's red zone scoring. UTEP today was three of six in the red zone in terms of scoring. Now that doesn't, I mean, what? that doesn't count what? any kind of field goals or anything like that. Now UTEP had so many different chances to just try to. Score score in the red zone, and they failed to. Dana Dimmel, after the but, game, yeah. called the red zone passing game something that they have to fix down the line. Now, I look I, at Gavin I, Hardison. He had three interceptions in this game, and he also was sacked twice. It was This was a tough game for Hardison. He did not play well whatsoever, and I agree completely, Ed. The success or failure of this UTEP football team hinges on the success or the, you know, the unsuccessful slash mistakes that Gavin Hardison has offensively. Now, that's not to say that he impacts the game more than anybody because when when Gavin Hardison had those those back-to-back games where he threw less than 15 attempts, UTEP was able to move the ball because they stuck to the run, because they established a great ground game, and because they he- held control of time of possession and things like that. Hardison only made the passes that he needed to in those past two games, and in this one, he was asked to throw way too much. Uh, they, they did not settle for more run plays like they could have in this game and as a result he he forced way too many passes that turned into errors a low comp- uh, completion percentage a very frustrating game for him across the board yeah he got a couple touchdowns in this one but it wasn't enough uh, so you, you know what I think your assessment right there Eddie uh, it, that's t- that's that's right on the money with Hardison being one of the uh, persons to blame out of this one I don't think he's the sole reason but he's one of the reasons to blame uh, for the loss in this game well, I think we could have overcome everything, but you cannot overcome a quarterback throwing uh, a, maybe an interception and to a defender that's just standing there waiting in, in coverage. Yep. And uh, it just doesn't work. And then you had a receiver wide open in the third quarter. He was 10 yards behind his defender, and he overthrows him by 10 yards. And so I here's, I'm just telling you the way it is. The way I see it is, I think we're going to be okay. I really do. But I think that if we didn't have all these turnovers, then I think we could very well be an 8 and 4, 9 and 3 team. And okay. um, we're still going to we're still going to be okay. I still love my team, but yeah, to me I don't like the interceptions. I I don't like the decisions. So anyhow, um, you guys have a good night. I think all the right, bye is going to be great. So we'll see what happens. Ed, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Let's keep things moving. 915-505-6009. Before we move to Frank, Sal, any thoughts after that one? I don't know where we were being nice. I don't, I don't know what nice <laughs> thing we said. Uh, I, I guess if we didn't. Maybe uh, he thought we were too nice to Hardison. Maybe he thought we weren't mean enough to Hardison. Maybe if we weren't mean enough. But, I, I mean, I, I did mention the over 50 pass attempts with the 45% right. completion. Uh, either way, though, it doesn't matter. Um, it, the the bright spot about this game is that it's over if i'm being honest man just way too many opportunities that could have been taken uh, advantage of by utep they didn't and way too many opportunities that could have been taken advantage of by la tech which they did and also to agent another thing um kind of kind of similar to last week it kind of felt like the miners were in in charlotte's shoes 
a little bit when we look at this game. But the difference is Louisiana Tech was able to get it done on offense when it mattered the most. And um, also, too, their defense complementing their offense with, um, you know, with big play after big play and kind of turning uh, those turnovers to points. So that's the big, big difference here. And Louisiana Tech, I know this is minor talk, but something on the Bulldogs, um, that tough schedule they, they played early on in the season could really benefit them. Who knows? This Louisiana Tech team could be much better than um, the team that we're looking at now once they start rolling. Because in first and ten, um, I had mentioned something about an offensive identity crisis for this team and how the passing game was kind of like they're 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 leading stats wise. I guess when you look at what's the best part about the offense, it's the pass game. It was kind of by default because the run game is not as good for Louisiana Tech, but. I think maybe all of that might have been a misnomer because now they're starting to play some more games that uh, they, they can handle teams a bit better. All right, let's go back to the phones right now. Let's welcome on Frank on to the show, 915-505-6009. If you'd like to weigh in after UTEP fell 41-31 to La Tech. Frank, good evening. What's going on, my man? Well, you only got 10 more minutes before you hit Bourbon Street, so that's the good news. Hey, well, I thought, you know, I – um, I've been watching the minors, oh man, since Seth Joyner and back then. So a lot of, you know, times, good times and bad times when we beat BYU and all that and carried the goalposts over the the field and all that. But tonight, man, I, got, I, I was excited, man. It was, you know, I was bummed out in the first quarter. But, you know, the, we we haven't done this kind of – winning and close to winning in a long time. So those are, that to me is very positive. And, you know, 571 yards or whatever it came out to, man, that's incredible. They hadn't done that for three or four years. They did it, I think, when they played someone in Louisiana. I can't remember. But, and then, you yeah, know, have the ball in the third quarter for 13, three, 35 seconds, whatever it was. I mean, that's, you know, we haven't done that in a million years, uh, it seems like. But, and... You know, the coach said it at the beginning of the game before in an interview. I think Teicher said this. He, he said, you know, the teams, these teams in the conference, the ones that make the most mistakes, they're the ones losing, you know. So it's easy pickings if you can hold off making mistakes. But the overthrows and all that, he was absolutely right. And, you know, I mean, the guy missed the guys with the receivers were open. So we're doing something right on the pass. I, um, you know, I don't understand so much about the 70 passes and all that, why that's bad. I know that we run very well, but it seems like they shut down a run. That's what they were looking for. But the um, bottom line, like Sal said, hey, man, points win games. But you guys do a great job. And it, uh, to me, it was it was a lot of highs and lows, a lot of cussing, a lot of uh, cheering. And then, you know, low, you got left off like we usually do. But. What made me the happiest is when I heard that the Boise coach got fired and the quarterback left the team. That made me happy that the Miners did that to uh, that that uh, program, but that was funny. Hey, Frank, let, let me ask you this uh, really quickly before we get you off the line. With, with all of that being said on your end and five games remaining for the Miners uh, for the rest of the season, how do you see them faring in the final five games? Like, Give me what your record is for UTEP um, out of those five well, I would games. Bet, I, I think I would bet you that we're going to a bowl. This guy, this guy's wow. for real, man. He came from a real program. I, we haven't had this kind of guy around and demo, you know, for a long time. I mean, but I think personally, man, you know, you fill up the Sun Bowl 
and you give those guys some fire under their belts, man, they're going to they're gonna win for you. I mean, all your life, if you think that, man, the miners, all, we're always losers, we're always losers, then you begin to think that you're a loser. You have to think positive, and you have to think like, you know, you're going to um, win the game, you know, not lose it over in the last second. Man, they scared the heck out of us last week with uh, in the last seconds, you know? Yeah. We and, thought it was going to be a minor finish, right? <laughs> and, and, and Frank, too, kind of to your point, and thank you for the phone call as well, um, you brought up the fans going out to the stadium, and the fans have shown up. I, I think the biggest issue here is that the fans are expecting this team to win after the way that they performed last year, starting out 6-1. and one, they, they fill out the stadium uh, in a sellout against North Texas, and then they completely drop it. Uh, forget a close game. They just didn't even look impressive there so I I see the disconnect between the fans going to the games and um, you know a couple games after that the crowd just kind of dissipating and, and it being like a fraction of what it was. So I think that's one of the biggest issues there. Uh, I think we're having some technical difficulties with Adrian. Uh, Adrian. Hey, do you hear me, Sal? Oh, there good? we go. Yep, I hear you. And, okay, uh, good. We, we got another uh, caller pending. It's our man Ronnie. Let me know when you want to get him on. Great. Thank you, Sal, and I appreciate you on that. Uh, I think, um, you know, one of the things that I, I really thought that, uh, you know, I, there are there were highs and lows in this game, but the bottom line is there was, there was problems offensively. It starts at the quarterback position. UTEP unable to convert in red zone, uh, you know, chances. Defensively, yeah, they, they have different times where they uh, take Louisiana Tech out and they force a three and out, all that kind of stuff. But uh, they struggle when it comes to stopping big plays. That's a big thing for UTEP's defense. And uh, turnovers killed all the momentum in this one. Let's keep things moving. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009 as we continue. Let's go to Twitter real quick. We haven't had much on Twitter uh, up to this point. That's on my end. Uh, I did not read any tweets yet, and now I'm doing it. So uh, let's go off on Twitter. This is is from Augustine. Where was the heart? Where was the preparation? They had some fight, but it's embarrassing that they can play so well one week and so poorly again next week. Again, I say hashtag Dimmel out. Um, this coming in from Pinky. Um, actually, this one coming in from Andrew. This team has to play to win. We are tired of supporting losing teams. Way too many mistakes by the Miners. Uh, this one coming in from Andrew as well. Dimmel just fixed this team. This is on you and the coaches. Uh, Mike Saucedo checking in. Ask Gavin Hardison to change his Twitter handle to pick six. Ugh, man. Uh, Rod Munch tweets the show with a gif. They are who we thought they were. Talking about UTEP. Um, this one going in from UTEP Mineto. Miners just need to clean up their mistakes. Fans have to be asking the coaches to use the tight end players that the last three years. That's coming in from UTEP Mineto. King Eric checks in. I hate how we always have to question which team is going to show up. You would think the past two games would light a fire under them, but classic UTEP giving them hope and letting us down. Still have time to get to six wins, but it won't be easy. That's coming in from King Eric. Let's go back to the phones right now. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009, as Ronnie is joining us on the phone lines next. Hey, Ronnie, what's going on, my man? What's going on, guys? Ronnie, I'm out in New Orleans. I'm uh, I, I'm five <laughs> hours away from Ruston, Louisiana. I'm about ten minutes away from Bourbon Street, that's for sure. Uh, and uh, you're on Minor Talk, so what's going on, my man? Brutal loss tonight, man. Brutal loss. This was a game you got to win. I mean, 
they hadn't beaten anybody good. Their only win was Stephen Charleston. You were coming off a couple wins, so we started to have an identity. And you just went back to, you know, what we what we said three weeks ago, what they can do. You got Harrison chucking the ball 50 times, which we already know what that looks like to turn it over. You're not getting stops. Like, I mean, you know, I can't really put this on Hardison because we know what he is. The stats show it. And this is who he is, right? Like, the one caller says he's got to be consistent. Well, this is who he is. He's consistently back. So, you got to put this on Dimway. Calls the plays, right? He's the guy that's in charge of what offensive plays are going to be run. He's got to manage his, his quarterback better, man. Like, he needs to take the, the uh, climbing approach that they got at Kansas State. That they don't let Martinez go willy-nilly because they know he turns it over. They saw that, you know, story at Nebraska. So, they limit how much he throws it. They hand it off and they play the field position game and they trust their defense. And that's what the Miners need to do if they're going to make a bowl. But I don't think they will. I got them only winning two more games. I got them falling Ooh, short. I think they get five. Randy, no bowl game for you, Tep. No bowl game. I had to stop you there. No, no, no bowl game, man, because – What's happening is you're going to have to, at this point in the season, you're talking about games 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. It's all about what the quarterback is, if you can trust him or not. And I'm telling you, the FAU quarterback, you can trust him. Taggart, that's going to be a loss. Like, they're going to lose that game. Like, Taggart's going to bring his team there. They're going to, they're going to beat the Miners. All right? So now you're going to say, okay, can you beat um, Rice and Middle Tennessee? Both? I don't think so. You have to play perfect to beat them both, right? You know, you're probably going to lose to UTSA, you're going to beat FIU, but now you got to beat Rice, UTSA, both. And I just, I just, I don't know if I trust the Myers on the road. Once again, what's the time to go to Rice? I don't, I don't, just don't think I trust them because any team that puts the Myers behind in a score, Demo won't, for some reason, just rely on the run game. He wants to get pads happy. And I don't, I told you this at week two, I don't trust how Hardison throwing the ball more than 20, maybe 25 a night. Once he gets into, 28, 29, God forbid, 30 and 40, it's a wrap, man. Like, Sal, you should look that up, actually. You should look it up, Sal. How many times has he thrown the ball over 30 times attempts and they've actually got to win compared to losses? I guarantee you that percentage has got to be under 50%. It has to be. We've looked at the stats. I can't remember the exact number, but for sure the the more passes that there are, the the lower chance of a of a win yeah, that there I mean, is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell it's you this. I'll give you this stat right here. Hard. Ronnie, I'm going to give you this stat right here. UTEP is 7 and 1 in their last 8 games where they rush for over 200 yards. They had 181 on the on the ground today, but again, 51 pass attempts to just 38 rush attempts. And even though they were trying to come back, especially in the second half, I, again, just too much urgent, too much panicky uh, stuff from UTEP. And when they start getting panicky and aggressive like that, then usually turnovers happen. And you saw that when Hardison's trying to force things in the first half, trying to will his team to victory. No, they don't have as talented receivers as they did last year, but they have options. And Dana Dimmel says he wants to see a third receiver emerge in his receiving core, well, you know, I I point the finger back to the play caller. Uh, Run better plays. Uh, Get the passing game going with short passing plays with your team instead of chucking it deep every time. It just doesn't work for you, Ted. It doesn't work at all, man. The the freaking play calling is predictable, right? It looks like me, you, and Sal out there in the backyard, hey, just run deep, Sal, run deep, Adrian, I'm going to throw it to one of you guys. Like, this is Division <laughs> one football, man. Like, you, everything can't be a go route all across the board, right? You got to work in some posts. You got to work in something to where you sit down in the zone. They're just throwing go routes all across the board. As soon as they get down by 10 or more points, it's like, dude, run the ball, man. Like, you know what I mean? Give your defense a time to rest. You know, those quick three and outs don't give your defense a time to rest. They're gassed, all right? Like we saw some North Texas game. Defense has been gassed 
since the since freaking pregame in North Texas. They've been gassed, man. If anybody needs to buy them, because they have been gassed, you know, and yeah. and you, you put them, you know, you gotta you, like to me, man. It's demo. It's not Hardison at this point. I know what Hardison is. I know what this number say he is. I have to, as a play caller, I have to limit how much I let him affect the game, right? Like, and the running backs were running good tonight, right? They were running good, man. They both had over yeah. 60 yards. You know, hand it to him. Let, let him, you know, get loose. Let him choose McClock. Once again, give your defense a rest, time to recoup, time to calm down from, you know, emotional plays that they were having happen on that side of the ball, right? You know, I put it on, I, once again, Deion Sanders is the answer. He's the answer. <laughs> I love it, Ronnie. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Uh, yeah, I like how Ronnie continues to go off Deion Sanders being the, the answer to, to UTEP football. But uh, good stuff there, Ronnie. I appreciate the phone call. Let's keep things moving. Uh, Louisiana Tech beats UTEP 41-31. Let's take our first time out of the show. If you're looking to weigh in on the show, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. As we continue, take a time out right now. Minor Talk is presented by the Oscar at the agency. We'll be right back after this on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Minor Talk. We are presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Louisiana Tech defeats UTEP 41-31. Along with Sal Montes, who's back at our Lubingo studio, producing the show, screening our phone calls, produced the broadcast along with Voice of the Miners, John Teicher, along with Cole Freytag and Mondo the Monster Medina coming off the game. And uh, as we continue here on Minor Talk, let's go back to uh, let's go back to Twitter real quick. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. That's where we're located. We got Augustine hanging on the lines with us as well. Uh, if you'd like to weigh in, our telephone number is 915-505-6009 as we continue here on Minor Talk. Shannon tweets the show, UTEP is cursed. Hashtag Minor Talk. Violet Crusade 71 tweets us with what the hell is Gavin Hardison doing? Not in sync with his receivers at all tonight. Just stupid turnovers. Hashtag minor talk. YYS. That's Ying Yang Samurai tweets us. UTEP was still high off that highlight reel from last week, and it really showed tonight. Hashtag minor talk. Also checking into the show is YYS. Does anyone grind harder than Adrian and, and Sal? Love it. YYS, thanks for giving us the props. Uh, Tristan Pence tweets the show. UTEP, truthfully, is nowhere near where it should be. This bye week, the coaches and players need to focus on cleaning up the inexcusable mistakes that seem to plague this veteran team. The Miners need a strong finish to October if they hope to make a bowl game this year. Hashtag Miner Talk. Um, also tweeting the show is Pinky. Great to hear Miner fans expressing their thoughts. Hashtag Miner Talk. Let's go to another minor fan or I can't really call him that he's just somebody who calls in on this show it's Augustine who's joining us next on the phone lines at 915-505-6009 Augustine good evening what's going on my man hey good, good evening hey wh- where are you going to eat uh, right now at uh, in your, in, on Bourbon Street you gotta go to Peter uh, 424 man Peter four two four. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate I appreciate that recommendation. All right, I like it. Um, I I will keep that in mind. I'm writing it down right now. Actually, I'm I'm looking it up in my map. So I appreciate that, Augustine. What do you think of this game? Hey, well, I just have one question for for Coach Demo and company. That um, my question is about he he said after the game he's looking for that third receiver, third playmaker, and. 
I think he has him already. If he hasn't seen it, I mean, we we really got to sit down with Coach Dimmel and, and get him on on, the, on his coach's show. That uh, he's got two heck of a two heck of a of tight ends in Thompson and Soto right there, and Soto's a huge boy. He's six six two two eighty, I think. Why why doesn't Utah use Soto and Thompson a little bit more? In those, you were talking about always heaving it. So why continue to heave it when you have those kind of tight ends who can work the middle and and kind of give Hardison those big targets in the middle? And and and, and it just it, it just for me it's unthinkable not to use a guy like Soto. And then you saw Thompson with that forty-four yard run. I mean, come on. I mean, if he can't see it. What the, what the heck are you looking at? Wow, yeah. Augustine. Mm. Wow, Augustine. You are now, okay, so three weeks ago, you had a 3 out of 10 phone call. Last week, I, <laughs> I called it about a 7 out of 10 in terms of my rating for you. Uh, today, I'll, I'll grade you at 8 out of 10. I think this is a good a good uh, point by you. Again, Augustine, I think you hit the nail right on the head. You, you're on a good streak. Don't, uh, you know, don't, <laughs> don't catch your luck. Uh, and, and I hope that your streak continues because you're uh, from going from being banned on minor talk to now uh, putting up some good points in back-to-back weekends. Uh, solid stuff, Augustine. I think, I think involving the tight ends is exactly uh, something that UTEP should consider in the passing game because, Sal, I'll turn it to you. I think this is a really good point by Augustine. Yeah. Uh, Trent Thompson, Luke Soto, who caught his first pass today, by the way. That, that, was I mean, he's just coming too. onto the scene. It was a great, good pass and great catch. It was on fourth down. It was a solid conversion by UTEP. And they, again, another one where they were unable to score a touchdown on that drive. But nonetheless, UTEP converting a, a key fourth down and using their tight ends. Trent, uh, Trent Thompson's only had 13 catches in his UTEP career. Sal, if that number goes up to three catches a game, what kind of guy could Trent Thompson really be as a football player? Man, we'll we'll have to see him get those uh those touches to find out, right? It, and if I'm not mistaken, it might never happen. It, and if I'm not mistaken, too, Adrian, aren't about like six of those touchdowns? Yes, yeah, six of those thirteen so, catches, six touchdowns. So How about half, that? I mean, at this rate, right? If it continues, half of those catches are going to be touchdowns. And hey, you're struggling in the red zone, but you want to continue to pass. Why not look towards your tight end more? And then also to Adrian, I, I kind of want to um put some more. Uh, some more shares in the Augustine stock while I'm at it because he had a good mm. tweet earlier about the preparation and uh, when I was listening to the uh, the pregame show, uh, Coach Pivotal when he was on there uh, with, with John Teicher he mentioned how this was the best week of practice that they've had in the two years that he's been there and, and, and it didn't look like it tonight so just kind of makes you wonder what was going on there but uh, AP's kind of catching some fire man yeah, he is. He is. He's got to keep it up. Good stuff, Augustine. I appreciate your phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Adrian M. tweets the program. Tough night in the office for the UTEP football team. They fought hard all night, and that's all you can ask for. Time for some rest and get ready to finish the season strong. Let's go, Miners. Hashtag picks up. Hashtag Miner Talk. Uh, coming up also on Twitter is Augustine. Oh, this was another good one from earlier this <laughs> earlier this hour. Minor talk. Look at the bright side. There's no chance UTEP loses next week. Good point. 
Um, Rich tweets the show. Why did they keep blitzing in the first half when the secondary was getting beat on anything and everything? That's a good point, Rich. I mean, I, I again, that goes back to the defensive scheme and the game plan that was put in place. I think they were trying to put pressure on McNeil, who's not necessarily the most experienced guy whatsoever, but hey, he threw some nice passes today. He's a really good quarterback for La Tech, and he made plays, so... Um, he was uh he was letting that ball go quick. Uh, the secondary struggled because they tried to make plays on certain times, and that cost them in different in different cases. So, uh, yeah, those are just things that UTEP is going to have to clean up. Let's go back to the phones right now. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. We'll stay as long as we get more callers here on the show. So, if you'd like to weigh in, our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Milkman joins us next on the show. Milkman, what's going on, my man? Hey, how's it going? I, I wish I didn't have to call you after a loss, but uh, yeah, it was. It, I I'm not even sure what to say, but I number one, you, twice in the red zone, you come away with no points. I mean, it, it's hard to win that way. I mean, they were looking good up until that point, you know, that they could actually come back. But I gotta say, for me, the overwhelming problem is something that I thought they had fixed. And it was even more glaring tonight. They had running backs that were obviously able to dominate the other team. And all of a sudden, they go to these long bombs and it results in a pick six. I'm like, why are you not using your running backs? I don't understand this. Like, it was clear. It, like, it'd be one thing if, you know, the running backs came out and it was like, well, they, could, they can't do the job. But it was obvious that they were, they were dominating. I mean, my God, just keep running it until it doesn't work. You know? Like, I, it, it blows me away. I thought we had gotten that fixed because the play calling during Boise was amazing. I really thought we had gotten that fixed. But tonight, I'm like, they go back to these long bombs. I mean, you're, you need, like, two yards, and they're, they're up there passing. I'm like, you have good running backs. What's going on? I, I just I don't get it. I, I don't understand it at all. You know, they were down uh, in this game, Milkman, 20-3, to and I thought to myself, uh-oh, here we go again. UTEP's going to start getting antsy, they're going to start getting all nervous, and they're going to start throwing the ball all over the field. And that's exactly what they did. In the fourth quarter, I, I think in the fourth quarter, and, and I want to check the, the stats right now uh, as we're talking, but it, in my th- in my head, I don't remember them running the ball once in the fourth quarter. In fact, okay, so I'm looking at it right here, four times for for uh, just nine yards in the fourth quarter alone. Uh, but again, I, I just didn't like the fact that they just abandoned that that run, and it was working Absolutely. so well, just like you said, Absolutely. man. It was Ronald Awad on the ground, Hankins. He looked unstoppable against them, and even Ray Flores when he uh, jumped in at that scat back position, they they abandoned all of that right there, and Hardison even had some nice runs himself when UTEP runs that simple RPO offense when they're in shotgun formation I think UTEP is at its best offensively and and actually putting Hardison in that role where he has to either give it to Hankins or Awat run it himself or throw the ball on a short pass that's where UTEP is best offensively and they ran that I think once tonight I, yeah, I, I don't get it. I, I wanted to throw something at the TV. Like I, when they abandoned the run, I'm like, look what they've been doing when they were running the ball. Like, why would you abandon that? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Hankins is a beast. Awa was doing just as well. I mean, Hankins is like John. Run him like they used to run Aaron Jones. I mean, you, you know, you you hate to see him get hurt. It's just that John, the guy's a beast. Just keep running it. I mean, wow. I, 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 it blows me away. Like I, 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 I'm not even sure what to say. 
Like, why? Like, I'm not even a football coach. And I would keep running the, you know, doing what's working. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm with you, Milkman. I, I don't. I have no words to say either. Milkman, I, I just want to ask you a quick question. Do you think UTEP gets to a bowl game? Oh, my God. If you would have asked me before this game, I would have said probably because of how they've been playing the last couple of weeks. But, I mean, this was a winnable game. And they clearly, you can see that they have the potential to get to a bowl game. You can see it in spurts tonight. UTEP is not, I mean, this, this, they are not playing to their potential, and it's, it's obvious in spurts. But, oh, God, that's a, that's a million-dollar question, isn't it? Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to go with my, my brain and not my heart. I, oof, if they do, it's going to be iffy. I'm probably going to say no. Um, I don't want to say that. I, I'd love to see him in a bowl game. I hope I'm wrong. But I don't – I mean, if they can't just play consistently, I don't see how they do it. Yeah, I, I get you, man. I, I totally understand. Milkman, great phone call. They appreciate you getting in on the show. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, let's continue here as as we continue here on Minor Talk, 915-505-6009. Uh, I don't know you know, if UTEP is still going to a bowl game or not. I think uh, I'm kind of like Milkman, Sal. If you asked me before this game, I would have said, yeah, I, I think UTEP probably makes a bowl mm. game. But now I think it's just 50-50. I think every game you just have to flip a coin and ask yourself, is UTEP going to ask? actually win this game or are they not and it's a 50 50 it could be utsa it could be the worst team in the league like fiu maybe so it's just tough to call right because what minor team is going to show up and nobody knows i mean shoot i've we've been covering this team on minor talk for the last four years or so and we still don't know what team that that they're going to get now granted there's been some some good surprises some bad surprises and whatnot but I, I don't think we've ever kind of uh you know looked at a game where where we felt how we felt before the game and that's exactly what transpired and of course we're not like like um predictors or or um psychics or anything but that that just goes to show that with uh with the remaining games on the schedule as winnable as some of them may be um the other team is looking at it the same way too let's be honest louisiana tech trying to get back on track after their one and three start now they're two and three but they looked at this game knowing that utep has has some strong points but it's them who has to try and turn their season around and they're the ones who played with urgency early on and in reality I'm pretty sure although Louisiana Tech fans knew this game wasn't going to be a slouch they also knew that it was a winnable game yeah, I'm with you on that completely, Sal. It, it, it was a winnable game on their side, too, and maybe this is a game that could set up Louisiana Tech for a little bit you know, more success as the season continues mm-hmm. uh, following a tough uh, non-conference slate. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you there, Sal. Uh, a couple tweets to get to. Uh, in support of Augustine, UTEP Mineto checks in. Augustine almost got banned from the best UTEP sports talk show in the borderland. Glad to hear Augustine being nice. When he calls in, that's coming from Joe John on Twitter. Aww. Also, Pinky checks in. Augustine is a closet minor fan. Hashtag minor talk. <laughs> oh, Hilarious. Great. Hey, by I the way, it. speaking of, of Augustine, him and I are going to be at war tomorrow because of the Lions and the, uh, the Patriots. So we'll see. Oh, he's a Patriots fan still? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, nice. let, let's see. He said he was. Uh, this is when they had Brady. I'm wondering if he still is. Uh, he's listening. <laughs> I'm sure he'll, he'll reply right now. 
Yeah, we'll find out either way. Uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009, as we continue here on Minor Talk, 915-505-6009, as we continue. Uh, th- let's go back to some of the stats. We'll read out some final stats, and then we're going to take a break. We'll get to our awards, and we'll wrap things up, look ahead to next week. Uh, final stats to look at. Miners outgain uh, Louisiana Tech 501 to 380 in total yards of offense. Miners had 320 passing yards. That number skewed. Uh, Hardison was 23 of 51 through the air, uh, 45% completion percentage, three interceptions, two touchdowns, a 99 overall quarterback rating. Uh, McNeil on the other side through the air, 18 to 27, very efficient night, um, 266 through the air, four total touchdown passes. That UTEP secondary got torched. There's no other way to say it. They just got torched tonight, uh, and they're going to need to regroup. Leading the way for UTEP defensively in tackles was Kobe Hilton with 10 touchdowns. Uh, Tyrese Knight, I thought he played the best of the UTEP defense. Seven total tackles. He had a pass breakup. He had a quarterback hurry, and he had that forced fumble uh, in the game as well. Uh, also credited with the forced fumble was Kobe Hilton uh, in the game. Uh, Cal Wallerstead, Sal, I, he went out mm-hmm. in the third quarter, and I didn't see him go back in. Yeah, uh, That's a tough loss for UTEP. I know some people were asking me, what happened to Deion Hankins? What happened to Hankins? I just don't think they even ran the ball in the, in the fourth quarter, so I don't know mm-hmm. if that was more of a coach's decision. Maybe he wasn't feeling 100%, and they just took him out more precautionary. I don't know, but it didn't indicate – it didn't seem like uh, the broadcast indicated there was any injury to to uh, to Deion Hankins, but Wallerstedt, he was in the medical tent. They showed it on the broadcast. Yeah, that's a – if he is lost for any amount of time, that's a – devastating loss to the defense big time and this is a guy who's really um solidified himself uh as an anchor on the defense but e- even more so than, than an anchor how about a captain you know a guy who goes out yep. there he, he does all the dirty work and we've seen um you know him reap the benefits of that hard work i mean i don't think the stats show it but but we all know that it was two forced fumbles last week against charlotte for cal wallerstead uh but this is a guy who's really uh made a name for himself on this defense and and for him to go out with the an injury today we, we don't know what it is uh, you know hopefully um he, he gets back soon and and, and gets well uh to 100 percent this bye week couldn't have come at a better time if you really think about it but that's such a tough tough loss especially when you look at how thin um some of the key spots for this defense um are starting to get a lot thinner now because of these injuries well yeah i mean think about it sal they they don't have Breon hayward they they uh are without james neal early on into the season uh then they lose jerome wilson at the linebacker position, and now mm. you're telling me Cal Wallerstep might be out? I mean, man, that's a huge... They threw in Gary Theard today in place of yeah. Cal Wallerstep, which, by the way, Gary Theard, a uh, really serviceable guy at the linebacker spot. I really like him a lot, and he had dealt it with injuries early into the year, so he's probably easing his own way back into the mix. Like, Gary Theard really hasn't played at all this year on defense, and uh, that's no fault to his own. It's just because he's been injured as well, and now the first time he's getting a chance to come in, it's because Waller sits out like that, that's a tough loss right there to that yeah. defense, uh, which, by the way, just gave way too many big plays up. I, I mentioned that earlier and uh, the secondary just has to get cleaned up a little bit. I, I'm, I'm just I, I'm so uh, I'm saying this be- to the defense specifically, Sal, because I know how good this defense really is. And like a couple of callers have mentioned, defense is the strong point of this team. They are a defensive uh, identity uh, team as a whole. And, uh, and and you can't take steps back in your defense when you rely so heavily on them. Yeah, and and they're supposed to be a, a smash mouth team, right? So on defense, they're they're gonna 
you know, get up in your face, uh, get those big hits. But on the offensive side, um, there's a lot of three and outs or, or just quick drives that, that don't really end in their favor. So the defense is back out there and being on the field much more than they should be. Uh, we, we saw this a lot last year. We're kind of seeing it again this year. But also at the end of the day, too, that that's no excuse for uh, for the missed tackles, for, for not being in position to make some plays because they can do it. It's just a, a lot of things piling up on them that's keeping them from doing it. So, like, like I said earlier, this bye week could not come at a better time. They, they got a lot of film to look at to, uh, to improve for sure. I'm with you completely, Sal. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. As we wind things down and we look ahead to next week, let's take our final time out of Minor Talk. When we come back, we're going to hand out our awards. We're going to pay some bills. We're going to look ahead to next week and uh, talk about UTEP in a bye week. Following that one, coming back home against Florida Atlantic. You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Arieta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Okay, final segment here on Minor Talk. Along with Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Bratis. After every UTEP football game and men's basketball game, we bring you Minor Talk. You can tweet the show at 600 ESPN El Paso, or if you want to duck in a late call, now is your time to do so. 915-505-6009. Louisiana Tech defeats UTEP 41-31. Before I continue, Sal, I can't believe I remembered. It's our final segment. And uh, UTEP Volleyball in such a tightly contested matchup. They went up against number 22, Rice. It was a tight five set reverse sweep victory for the Owls unfortunately for UTEP they went up 20 they they won the first set 25-23 contentious second set they won 25-20 oh it was a good one and then uh, they dropped the next two uh, Rice dominated that third set 25-15 they used the momentum to win the fourth set 25-20 and then the final one, just a bat. I mean, really back and forth matchup when it came to UTEP and Rice and Miners fall in the final set, sixteen to fourteen. Oh, it was just such uh, a close game, Sal. Yeah, it was in their grasp. They took control early on, but I, I think we see Rice is the um, is the powerhouse uh, that it is, right? Rice, oh yeah, best te- best program when it comes to volleyball, hands yeah. down, not even close. And, and you know what? Really, too, when it comes to uh, to women's athletics in general that that basketball team has been a beast um, in conference play throughout the years I mean remember when they had the uh, the Awumake sisters just yep. completely wrecking everybody year in and year out rice is um, is a solid team when it comes to volleyball and um, and also uh, women's basketball but uh, another thing too Adrian although the minors uh, dropped despite hanging tough they have another chance next week against a ranked opponent that being Western Kentucky so uh, that tonight's or today's after uh, afternoon game although it ended in a loss that's no reason to not want to go out there and see this uh this volleyball team definitely has a lot of talent out there and um it, a lot of people say it's their favorite event to go to so i definitely wow. recommend i love that uh, for love you guys that. to go out there and support this volleyball team very interesting sal i love that good stuff right there miners uh dropped today against rice it was a tough one back and forth and uh yeah it was a reverse sweep for the owls let's go back to the phones right now let's welcome on carl who's joining us next on minor talk our telephone number 915-505-6009 as we continue carl good evening what's going on man yes my son was on just ahead of me and i back up everything he said but i gotta tell you uh it's the minor fans that bother me the most. Okay. Uh, I've, 
I'm 89 years old, and I remember the Texas Western teams and how they built themselves up. And I, so I think this team we have now is exciting as any team we've had. And they just don't show up for it. It's pitiful because every game is fun. Uh, Chris, my son and I enjoy watching the miners come up out of the mine shaft. We, we, we race over there to catch them coming out because it's just a sheer joy. The thing about it is that they're exciting play now. And they call wrong plays sometimes. I realize that. But I think they got some running guys that they're not using enough. I remember when they had – you all are too young to remember him, but there used to be a guy by the name of Bill Chesick. He went to El Paso High School. But he was in the Marines, and when he came back and went to, uh, to Texas Western, and I think he weighed 240 pounds. He was wow. in the backfield, and he was a load. And uh, they were very good that year. In fact, I think that was one of those years the the freshman team beat the varsity uh, did a scrimmage game. So, I mean, it was just an exciting time, and I think this is too. But I have to tell you, I've enjoyed watching this year. And uh, we're loyal fans. Uh, yeah, I think my son told you we may have been there one night when it was 52 to nothing and it was freezing cold and we stayed till the very last light went out. And I, I see them playing hard. I see them playing well. And then they win three games, and at the end, of, before the third game was over, people were leaving. I couldn't yep. believe it. Uh, it's uh, I, I I just can't tell you how much enjoyment I get out of going out of the games. Maybe it's because my son and I both enjoy them together. But gosh, uh, you know, they, people don't remember how good they used to be. People don't realize, but Texas Western beat Florida State in the Sun Bowl. Now, Florida State was building the team, its teams up like they have done, but you still, Texas Western beat them. And I just, uh, it just bothers me because they should give them full support. And, you know, the Haskins games used to have sellouts. People used to buy tickets from people holding tickets. <laughs> and, <laughs> the, and the football team would be wonderful if we sold out the stadium. We claimed we had a sell out right at the very beginning, but uh, we went, as we always do, my son and I, and we saw vacant seats. They were they really had seats left. And unless those people just didn't show up, I'll I'll forgive my comment, but nevertheless, it's it's an exciting time now to see this play. I think these guys are pretty pretty fair players. And uh, they're playing very well and they're playing very hard and I think we should support them more than that. And some of the comments just rubbed me the wrong way, and I can't. Sometimes I can't can't hold back the talk. But I, I yeah, no, and, and hey, hey, Carl, I, I totally understand. I appreciate the phone call, and thank you so much for weighing in on the show. Uh, you're a passionate UTEP fan. You're a minor diehard. You're one of those that we talk about a lot on this show. Where no matter what, if they win or if they lose, you are supporting this program, and for that, you're you're a UTEP diehard. You earned that title in a big way. You've supported uh, for all your life. Uh, just cover watching this team when they were Texas Western. Now when they're UTEP. Uh, 
and I and I'm with you. And I'll bring you in on this one too, Sal. I think that right now where UTEP has gone, it's it's so much better than UTEP has been in in the past. And I'm talking recent past. I mean, we were on this when we started minor talk. We were talking about blowouts left, right, and yeah. left. It was just horrible games where UTEP just looked like the far, far inferior team when they would go up against these teams in conference play or even in non-conference play. And now it's gotten to the point where UTEP has flipped the script. They are getting to a point where they, they expect to win some of these games. The problem is for UTEP, at least, they're, they're just not winning some of them. So while it is an exciting brand of, of football to be playing in when you're actually competing and, and actually trying to get to a bowl game, you know, it's so far, uh, so far up from where they were just trying to win two or three games still you hold this team to a high standard and when they don't come through it's disappointing if you're a UTEP fan yeah because we we've been on that roller coaster since uh we started doing minor talk right the very first game a close one against Houston Baptist and they went it 36 to 34 but I mean we we I'm just gonna reel off some of these games okay and understandably so with some of these opponents uh but Texas Tech a 38 to 3 game a 31 to 13 loss at Southern Miss a 37 21 loss against the Nevada, uh, 42-21 loss against La Tech, 52-26 against North Texas. Uh, how about this one? 44-35 against uh, New Mexico State. And and then the next year, I mean, which was the COVID year, there, there was some bounce back there. But we, we've seen a lot of um, a lot of really bad games. We've seen some some good a couple good wins in that stretch. But the reality is, though, fans want to have something to be excited about. They'll provide that in spurts, right? The minor team will provide that. But when it's time for them to go out and put on a big show and get a big win at home, a la UTSA at home last year, a la North Texas, the the season opener, the sellout game, what happened in that game? And that's why people are losing interest because when they finally go out to see something, they're not getting what they want. You're exactly right on that, Sal. I, I think we both covered that one pretty well. UTEP has come a long way. I think fans should be excited either way because UTEP's not a bottom barrel team anymore, or they shouldn't be as a program. They should be a little bit better at this point. At the same time, if fans are holding them to that standard, mm-hmm. then I then I agree with them completely. Um, let, let's keep things moving. If anybody wants to duck in one late call, you could, we could do so. 915-505-6009. Really appreciate Carl chiming in after his son, Milkman, and chimed in on the show. I like the father-son duo right there. Kind of reminds me of uh, Rob and Jerry on a mobile. We got a lot of father-son duo callers right. here yeah. on the show. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we get we get a lot of good ones, and that was awesome right there from Carl and Milkman. I think they both assessed the the game pretty well. Uh, let's go over to our awards here on Minor Talk. Uh, we do these awards after every show. 600 ESPN El Paso uh, right here as we continue. Let's start off with our specs. Play of the game brought to you by Specs Wine Spirits and Finer Foods. They are a family tech, a family destination for your selection and savings since 1962. Specs is your one-stop shop with literally thousands of wine spirits and beers at everyday lower prices. When it comes to the play of the game, I think it's a pretty easy one. It was one of my favorite plays and it was the Trent Thompson 44-yard touchdown reception that he hauled in on a tight end screen play. This capped off a two-play 48-yard touchdown down drive for the Miners that put this game in balance. It was just a 30-24 to game after this touchdown. Sal, any thoughts after Trent Thompson's 44-yard touchdown? 
uh, back-to-back games with a uh, with a big touchdown from Trent Thompson. Hope he gets to see the ball a lot more. But, uh, yeah, good stuff from the big guy. Yeah, I'm with you there, Sal. Let's uh, move on to our Heineken player of the game. This one goes to one of El Paso's own. It's the Sleda product in Ray Flores. Six catches today, 73 receiving yards. He was targeted 17 times in this one. Averaged, or no, he totaled 16 yards after catches. And he also totaled a rushing touchdown as well. Two rushes today, 22 yards on the ground. And that rushing touchdown, which came uh, from 19 yards out. Ray Flores, our our Heineken player of the game, reminding you to drink Heineken. Sal, any thoughts on Ray Flores and his emergence this year? Yes, some some big touches from him. I think uh, two runs. Uh, One of them was for 19 yards and the other one only two yards, but it was a touchdown. So uh, he's really starting to come into his own. And and he's also having some clutch catches too, uh, continuing that trend since uh, his very first catch against North Texas this year. I love what Flores is doing. I want to see him get some more uh, plays his way too. Yeah, I think they need to draw up some plays for Ray Flores. Totally with you on that, Sal. And uh, I thought Ray Flores, again, player of the game after this one. Let's go over to our Oscar Arieta Agency drive of the game, reminding you when it comes to auto insurance with the Oscar Arieta Agency, trusting them is easy because they've got experts right on site. They've got 24-7 roadside assistance if you need it. And you can contact them today at OscarArietaAgency.com. Just fill out the form right there. They'll contact you back with a quote today on your auto policy. That's OscarAddyAtTheAgency.com. Our OscarAddyAtTheAgency drive of the game followed a, following a fumble by Louisiana Tech. The Miners put together a nine-play, 68-yard touchdown drive that lasted almost five minutes in the second quarter to make this one a 20-10 game. It was capped off by a rushing touchdown by Dion Hankins being our OscarAddyAtTheAgency drive of the game. Uh, Sal, when it comes to sustaining those long drives for UTEP, that usually means things are going well. If UTEP can put together a five-minute-plus drive and actually have success by scoring, um, those are the ones that you hang your hat on. Yeah, and because they're doing what they do best in those drives, and that's running the ball. So whenever they stray away from that, um, who knows what's going to happen, right? But whenever they're able to have those long drives, not, not only are they making the defense tired, but they're getting their defense some rest at the same time. So it kind of goes hand in hand. I'm with you on that, Sal, completely. Uh, as we wrap things up, as we turn the page, look over to next week, it's the bye week. You won't hear much from the UTEP football team. They might have availability here and there, and I might ch- try to get out there, but uh, this is the bye week right here. Miners get ready to host uh, FAU, that's Florida Atlantic, in two weeks. That one should be a really interesting one. Ronnie said, uh, Ronnie called in earlier today and said Florida Atlantic is definitely going to win. Uh, we had some other people uh, say that, hey, you know, when, when it comes to UTEP, they still think that they're going to make a bowl game. Some said, well, maybe not. Maybe they won't make a bowl game when it's all said and done. Um, with, with When it comes to Florida Atlantic, they recently dropped a game uh, last week to North Texas, 45-28. That was an injured Nikosi Perry. I can't wait to see what happens next week when Florida Atlantic hosts the Rice Owls. The Owls versus Owls uh, next Saturday. It, 
in Boca Raton. That's going to be one that's almost a must watch to see if uh, the Owls can pull one out at home uh, and see how they kind of if whether they'll have momentum going into UTEP or will the, they'll be kind of slumping going into that October 22nd game uh, next Saturday. Sal, as you look uh, to two weeks from now uh, and Florida Atlantic, I guess you have to kind of look to this week, right, to see how the Miners can regroup during this bye week. What would you like to see most emphasized from UTEP going into this bye week as they try to regroup and get better? Uh, creativity and, and play calling when it comes to the red zone because they don't have issues getting in there. It's just capitalizing on that field position has been a, a tough, tough uh, challenge for the Miners for whatever reason. And uh, a, another thing, too, I know he only asked for one, but another thing I want to see is how can this team adjust to uh, to an up-tempo type offense uh, on their defense, right? We, we've seen them struggle pretty much all year. They got to have some form of an idea or some form of an answer by now because they faced it so much. It's time to start acting on that. Otherwise, they're going to be gutted with these final five games. Sal, it was a great show with you. Uh, thank you so much. I'm going to sign off here. I'm in New Orleans, heading off to uh, Bourbon Street after we're done here. <laughs> going to freshen up a little bit as well because I, I kind of look like I've been uh, watching a football game for the last five hours. And, uh, yeah, you, we all know that look right there. But nonetheless, thank you so much for another great show. We'll be back at it again in two weeks. Awesome, man. If you could do me a favor, Adrian, if you see Juvenile, please get me an autograph. I got you, man. <laughs> I got you. No, I'll do something better. I'll FaceTime you or something like that. Oh, that'd be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be perfect. Uh, Sal, thank you again. Uh, we will talk to everybody again in two weeks as you're listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. So long, and we'll talk to you again in two weeks right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.